Hey, everybody, this is Fred Ricciani of the TSC News Podcast. I sincerely appreciate y'all checking us out. For those wondering how you can access us, we're everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it, we're on it. We also have an official YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the sports courier. Or you could just search my name, Fred Ricciani, or TSC News. Be sure to enable notifications so you never miss an update. We're also on Instagram at TSC News, Twitter at Sports Courier, Facebook.com slash the sports courier. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the latest TSC audio. All right, we are now How's being my joined. Look? Is it bad? Not bad. We are now being my joined face. by Sergio I Pettis. Like I think so. <laughs> Go ahead, Nolan. And the new Bellator Bantamweight champ. How does that sound? Sounds amazing, man. I retired for this moment. I was prepping for a fight in February. I got pushed back till May, so it just gave me that much more time to prepare and believe in myself. And I just showed tonight everything came together. And I feel like for so long, people have been pegging you as, as the next champion, the next big thing. When you're in the UFC, was, is, there, is, is there some sort of weight lifted off your shoulders now that you're finally sitting up there with some gold in front of you? I think the weight got lifted off my shoulders once I, uh, I got more mature and just gained uh, uh, just a different mentality, man. I used to let that weight crush me, and now I just feel like things are okay. You know, things are okay to be me and uh, to be in this moment. It feels uh, amazing. For sure. And I mean, you went out there. It was, it was a competitive fight, but largely you dominated on the judges' scorecard. One judge gave you all five rounds, so... I mean, did you surprise yourself a little bit out there tonight at all? Um, no, man. I, I just stuck to what I know, the basics, uh, stayed true to myself, um, didn't allow his movement to scare my movement. I was more worried about what I was going to do instead of what he was going to do. And uh, I just, I was, I was myself tonight, man. I was, I was trying to flow like water, and I feel like I did. Sergio, I know it's tough to kind of score your own fight while you're in there, but four to one seems like a popular pick. Some people thought it was 5-0. How did you see it while you were in there? I wasn't really paid attention to any of that. You know, I was just focused on the objective, which was to pick them apart. I'm a little piranha out there, man. I just, I just nick away and I try to get people to get frustrated and uh, bring them out of their game, which I think I've, I feel like I did tonight. He was very frustrated, and I was able to get the better exchange, use better math than him, hit better angles, and my calculations were just on point. A lot of strikers will say, and it's kind of cliche in MMA, that you know, I plan on turning this great striker into a wrestler. It seemed like tonight you turned the great wrestler into a striker in a way, and you were able to implement your own game plan the way you wanted to do it. Were you surprised that he stayed on the feet with you as long as he did? Um, no, you know, I wasn't surprised. I know he likes to keep his standing. You know, he's a tough guy, and I feel like uh, he just has an ego that he had a better strike, a better striking uh, game plan than I did. Um, I mean, also I had Mark Chelinski uh, helping me with my rate, uh, wrestling takedown defense, and um it was just on point tonight, man. He couldn't really do nothing. He got me with a nice little slam when I went for the guillotine, kind of did like a little front flip over his head. I was like, oh, shit. but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, nothing really hurt me, honestly, at all. So I just felt, I felt good, man. I was calm, calculated and uh, composed. So you go from the hunter to the hunted. How yes, does sir. that feel right now? Oh, uh, it feels great, man. Um, you know, it feels good to be, uh, out there and doing what I know I can do. And it's just, uh, every time I'm getting better and better. So I'm excited to see the, the final product of Sergio Pettis. Congratulations, Sergio. I mean, like you, like we said, you, you kept this fight standing, but when he was able to take you down, you got right back up. How important was that in this fight? Uh, super important. You know what? I thought I was going to be uh, a lot stronger than what he was, to be honest. Uh, maybe I'm just getting into more of a man body, but uh, <laughs> I just felt like um, you know, I was ready for it all. I, was, I, was, I, knew, I knew what he was going to do. I don't, I don't think he knew what I was going to do, so that was a difference tonight. And some special stuff going on uh, with Rufus Sport. Uh, your teammate tonight, Rafion Stotts, won. He said that he wants you to enjoy that title. 
and he wants to play bodyguard for you in the division and take <laughs> yeah. on to you take out top contenders. He takes out top contenders. How does that sound? I mean, it sounds great, but at the end of the day, I'm not here to take away anybody's opportunity. I know Rafian's uh, trying to be number one as well, and I'm just the man that's in front of him. He's got a family to feed. He's got another kid coming up in about two or three weeks. So, you know, whatever happens, happens. I love Rafian. He's been a brother to me, a great teammate. So, um, you know, I'm not in control of that, and he's not in control of that. It's just that's what happens in the sport. Right here, Sergio. Um, as the fight progressed, your timing got better. You started landing even more power shots. Were you surprised at all by how many strikes he took without going down? Um, no, Juan's tough, man. I knew he was going to keep on pressing me. I knew he was going to walk through those shots. He's a vet. I mean, he's 25 and two, uh, 25 and three as of tonight now, but um, he's been through a lot, man. He hasn't been stopped. So, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised. I knew a couple of shots rocked him. I saw his, his ankles kind of rolling a little bit, but uh I just had to stay in my game plan, try to stay composed. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not much of a finisher out there. You know, I have that. I know I have that in me and I know it's going to come out eventually, but I feel with more time that I'm going to get that side of me. So I just, I stay true to myself tonight. Thank you. All right. We'll take a few more questions here. Darren. Thank you for having me, Sergio. Congratulations. Everyone always focuses, uh, focuses on the big lead up to a big fight like this. But what I want to know is what do you do for the week or two? after the fight when you have the championship and you can relax a little bit um i'm gonna go home get to my dogs princeton and kingston uh spend some time with my lady carmen um you know i've been so busy her birthday was like seven days ago so she allowed me just to focus on the fight you know not worry about getting her a birthday present or even spending time with her that day so uh, yeah, i'm gonna go spend time with the fam <clears throat> nice enjoy thank you dylan go ahead hey there sergio big congratulations there man thank you thank you I'm just wondering because to this one, you indicated a strong level of pride about fighting a Cinco de Mayo. I'm kind of wondering like how satisfying it is to win a fight whereby you largely showcase like sophisticated boxing. Oh, it was awesome, man. You know, I went out there and trusted my boxing. A big shout out to AMC Boxing in Milwaukee. Um, they helped me out. Ellen um, Rodell. They had uh, some some younger amateur boxers that put in the pace on me. These kids are only like 16 and other kids like 20 so um it's it's been amazing man i do out there and trust my boxing trust my instincts especially two days after single day mile um now it's uh, time to go have some fun get some tacos and enjoy life a little bit sean uh, sergio congratulations on bringing home the title you know do you feel like the real celebration will begin when you get a rematch uh in front of fans so your fan family your friends your teammates can all uh, participate and you know get to see you perform and celebrate after another victory Oh, sorry, I kind of missed that question a little oh, bit. Sorry. I was asking, uh, next time you fight, would you like it to be in front of fans? Is that way you could have a proper celebration? Your oh, yeah, family, yeah, man. I would love attend, that, honestly. Uh, a rematch? Uh, sure, I don't know if, I, if it's a rematch, just based off the scorecards of, you know, what happened. But uh, whoever's up for the challenge next, I would love to fight in front of fans and supporters. And, you know, to me, it truly does an honest. You know, I'm really in focus on being in there. So with, with or without fans, it's just an honor to be in that uh, cage and doing what I love to do every day. One or two more here, Santiago. Hi, Sergio. Congratulations on winning the belt. Thank we you, could man. hear Duke coaching you during the fight. And he said a couple of times, Sergio, just like in the Benavides fight, what does Duke mean exactly with that? And how important is he for you in your corner? Um, you know, during that fight with Benavides, I was just reading, you know, I was uh, able to react to everything he was throwing at me without getting striked up too much. And uh, he, he actually told me going into this fight, it's just another Joseph Benavides fight, just a little bit bigger. And uh, 
exactly was that. And Duke's been amazing in my corner uh, for my, my coaching. Also, my, my life in general has taught me so much from the age of th 13. I've been with uh, Coach Duke. So um, this is my 10th year professional fighting this year. So, yeah, man, we're just going to keep on rolling and keep on going. Last one, Maria. Sergio, congratulations on the title win. Wanted to ask you, you were just talking about the comparisons to the Benavides fight. It was really clear starting in about the third round that you forced Archuleta's movement to change. So instead of the dynamic movement that we're used to seeing, he started coming a lot more straight at you uh, than in the earlier rounds. Is this something that you guys focused on in your training? Um, and was there anyone in particular that you worked with to mimic the way that Archuleta moves? Yeah, I honestly, Mark Chowinski, man, he he moved exactly how Archuleta moved in and out. He's a stronger wrestler than Juan Archuleta, so it was, it was a it was a awesome, uh, you know, had to have him in my corner and to have him out here coaching me. Um, not only that, man, the mentality that he was giving me, you know, he's, he gave me some books, he gave me some new perspectives to really trust in myself. And the kids, uh, he's not a kid, he the man's fight. two years younger than me. It was me, really so it's, clear. Uh, it's awesome to, to see uh, that level of maturity and to have that around me in my camp. One more, Sam. Hey Sergio, congratulations on winning that belt. Feels like every week this year, people are being forced to wake up to how much elite MMA there is outside of the USC in all different promotions. Here you are, a guy who had success in the UFC and now you're the face of one of Bellator's most exciting divisions. I was wondering, what does that mean to you? Like representing the Bellator banner, being one of the faces of the organization now, and sort of being a showcase for how much great elite MMA there is outside of just the UFC. Uh, it feels great, man. Big thank you to Scott Coker and Bellator for giving me this opportunity. I feel like I was on my way, you know, to becoming a champ in the UFC as well, but uh, I just didn't have the, the time or the, the star power that they want me to have. You know, I'm a pretty normal dude out here, honestly. I, I just, I love to train. I love to fight. I got two dogs and a lady. I don't do too much outside of that. Not really big into fashion or, uh, shining the way that they want me to shine or, you know, promoting myself on social media. And I'm, I'm really the opposite of that, to be honest. So um, it's awesome that Bellator allows me to be myself and put no pressure on me. And I'm able to have these great performances and truly believe in myself. And big thank you to everybody behind the scenes at Bellator. You guys are amazing, putting everything together so well and taking care of all the fighters. You guys do an uh, A-plus job. So thank you guys. All right. Thanks for the time, Sergio. Congrats on the win. Thank you. Appreciate it. We are now being joined by Scott Coker. Go ahead, Nolan. Scott Bellator 258's in the books, and you have a new Bantamweight champion. What did you think of Sergio Pettis's performance tonight? You know what? I think that uh, he did a great job. Juan is a tough fighter. He's a guy that brings a lot of pressure, and I think he was a really effective counterpuncher. And a lot of times he'll beat him to the punch. So, you know, I think he had a good strategy, and um, Juan seemed like he had a hard time holding him down, keeping him down, and he couldn't grind him out and became uh, a striking contest. And and Sergio, uh, you know, was more effective in striking. After the fight, Sergio called for Kyoji Horiguchi. Uh, do you think that that's a possibility that you and Ryzen can get together and, and do another uh, cross-promotion fight like that? You know, I think the only reason why we're not working together right now is because of COVID, to be honest. So, you know, once that situation kind of, you know, goes away or there's – I definitely see light at the end of the tunnel. And um, uh, then we'll start working together at some point, I'm sure. Um, and we'll check in from time to time with uh, Saki Ibarra and, and see where he's at. But, um, you know, we'd love to have Horiguchi come and fight Pettis at some point. Michael Venom Page opened the main card with quite a performance. Uh, 
I mean, how impressed were you? And, and where do you think that, uh, what kind of opportunity do you think he earned himself tonight? I mean, Michael, I mean, I, I, he's one of my favorite fighters I've ever promoted. And the guy is so talented. He does things that not too many people can do. And uh, especially in mixed martial arts, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's just a different kind of sport than traditional karate, but he's using traditional karate techniques that, that are working very effective in MMA. So to me, it's, it's, it's really, really, for me, fun to watch somebody with that, that kind of skill really, uh, you know, put it, put it together and, and make it happen in the cage. So, you know, who he fights next? I mean, I mean, I think he's right up there. I mean, I think he's ranked number two now in the, in the contention. So, you know, we have Lima fighting in, in the fight coming up on June 11th on Showtime after that. You know, we'll, 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 we'll talk to Michael and see, you know, what's going on. But to me, he's right up there in the title contention, uh, in my opinion. So got Rumble Johnson came back first fight in over four years, gets the knockout win in the second round. But he said in terms of fights, win or lose, this was the most disappointing night of his career. What are your thoughts on his performance and the fact that he feels like he let everybody down in a way? Oh, I don't feel like that at all. Listen, this guy has been out for four years. And you know what? I was just telling somebody else this story. You know, I held another tournament back in, in 2011. And there's a kid named Daniel Cormier that was the alternate that came out of nowhere and just started beating everybody up. And you know what? Jose was, he was that guy. He was a guy that's very dangerous that can strike. He's on a five fight win streak, I believe, or four fight win streak. And when you're, when you're training for an opponent like rumble has been training for Romero, then all of a sudden it's a curveball for him too. It's not, it's, it's really, you know, I think unfair to judge him just based on this, this fight, because he's been training for Romero, who is primarily a wrestler and grinder. And, and so now we throw a completely different opponent there. And, you know, he got caught. Listen, everybody gets caught in this sport. It's, it's, it's going to happen. But at the end of the day, he did what he had to do. He overcame the obstacle. He won in tremendous fashion. I think it was, you know, one of the, one of the biggest knockouts I've seen here in a while. And, you know, now he moves forward to fight Nemkov. So uh, there's been a lot of great action for him uh, ahead. And um, I don't think he should be disappointed at all. I think, I think you know, the fighters sometimes are their worst critic. And, and I, I think he's, when he watches the tape, you know, he'll see he got caught. It happens. But, you know, he overcame. So that's the most important thing uh, in the victory. The fight between Peter Queeley and mm-hmm. Patricky Pipple lived up to the hype. Those two guys went mm-hmm. at it. Ended kind of in a controversial way with the cut. What, what did you think of the stoppage of the fight? Well, I'll tell you, um, as a fan, you know, you, you hate to see fights get stopped. But, you know, he was cut you know, in a bad way and in two places. And he was just, they couldn't stop the bleeding. So, you know, I think, I think it was the right decision by the doctors to stop that uh, fight. Uh, but to me, I, I was telling the coaches and, and his brother, Hey, we can put the rematch together at some point. You know, I know Peter wants to fight, you know, for the title uh, against Fabricio, but uh, Fabricio is going to be busy with, with AJ here coming up. Uh, we'll have a date to announce, you know, in the next week or so. Um, but we're going to put that fight together. And, and, you know, after that, who knows, but in the meantime, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch of that fight, to be honest. Cause I think, honestly, uh, I think that uh, Pitbull was maybe a little bit ahead on the scorecards, uh, you know, until the fight ended. And then last thing for me, I think the most popular guy on this card was the guy that was supposed to fight on this card, but then didn't end up fighting. Mm-hmm. Everybody called out James Gallagher today. It was oh. like four or five different guys. 
Rafion Stotts, Johnny Campbell after his upset win, and then Patchy Mix had a lot to say, yep. amongst others. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Is there kind of a front runner in your eyes on the James Gallagher sweepstakes? I mean, I think it depends on when he's ready to fight again. And, uh, you know, these other guys are going to stay busy. And, you know, people love to fight James, and, and he loves to talk about it as much as he can. So we'll, we'll have a great promotion when it happens, no matter who he fights. But, you know, depending on when his injury heals and he's ready to come back, That'll determine who he fights uh, at that time. Scott, uh, MVP with a huge win tonight against a ranked opponent. Do you think this finally ends the the silly narrative that, you know, MVP only fights trash cans? That I never understood. You know, people give a bad time online, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy is such a highly skilled mixed martial arts athlete and, and has a traditional karate background, which you saw today, right? And it's very effective. And you know, people give him a bad time. And I, and I never understood it because, you know, he's fought, you know, some of the world's best. He fought Douglas Lima as a title holder, you know, to uh, in the, I think it was the semifinals to uh, uh, in Chicago, I believe. And yeah, he got caught, but Douglas Lima told me, he said, Coker, that guy got, I mean, he hit me and he hurt me. He's one of the few guys that, is, that Douglas has told me that he's, that he's gotten hurt by, the opponent. So to me, the guy is explosive. He's fast. He's got a lot of power. He can knock people out. He's a dangerous guy for anybody because his style is so unorthodox. It's, it's going to be uh, interesting for any, any athlete to try to overcome that because, you know, if you're a wrestler, you try to take him down, he might, you might end up with a knee in your face. Right. And he's fast. And, you know, I, 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 I think that he, when he fights, you know, I think he deserves a title shot. So let's see what happens with the Lima fight. But um, depending on what happens uh, and when when MVP wants to fight again, yeah, I don't I don't think a title shot is out of the question to be honest. And Bellator just announced an interim heavyweight title fight. Mm-hmm. Um, could we also see that for the lightweight division in the future? You know the reason why um, we did the heavyweight interim was, and we don't traditionally do those. We we have never done it in the history of the you know of the company, is because it's been such a long time you know that this title has been sitting out there and Bader is actively in our tournament with an ending that might be, you know, end of the year. So we didn't want to have it sitting out there, you know, longer than we, than we need to. So for the headweight championship, we felt good because, you know, these guys could fight when Bader fights, if he keeps winning, he fights at the end of the year, maybe the beginning of next year, he could fight the champ that wins the interim. But for the 155, Patricio is, is pretty much going to be done with this featherweight tournament in uh, let's say mid July or, you know, in, in that time frame, So you, you have a couple months uh, to wait. And then after that, he can go defend his lightweight belt. So you can see uh, Fabricio fighting for the lightweight belt, probably, you know, I would say September, October. So I, I feel like that's why we, we, we don't need to do the lightweight belt for interim. All right. We'll take a couple more here. John Carlo. Hi, Scott. Uh, tonight was a great showcase for your Bantamweight division. Uh, can you just talk about the quality of that division? And is this, as more fighters come out of this, is there, are they making a case for themselves to be the next Grand Prix that you guys go with? You know, the Grand Prix hasn't been determined. Uh, but what I will say is, if you look at the quality of fighters in this division, it's stacked. And I think of fighters like Magomed Magomedov. I think about the two gentlemen that just fought tonight. I think about Horiguchi coming in and when you start stacking this division and all the all young talent that we have coming up, it's, it's going to be, you know, a formidable division and whether it's our tournament or not, that's been undetermined. We're focusing on the light heavyweight uh, tournament uh, right now. And then we'll decide what we do. Maybe, you know, come September. Darren. 
Scott, as weird as it is to say, we're almost halfway through the year, and most companies within the sports world have had to scale back over the last year or two. Bellator is continuing to grow, so I'm wondering if you have an accomplishment that you're most proud of so far as we're almost halfway into 2021. You know, I'll tell you, this is, um, you know, something there have been a lot of challenges, a lot of adversity in, in keeping this company going in, in, the, in the COVID world. And uh, as you guys can see here, we're still in the bubble, a lot of restrictions. You know, my staff's been here almost for a month, uh, putting these fights on together. Uh, and so it's, it's a challenge. But, you know, when I think about the victories, this is the greatest roster in the history of Bellator. And it's taken about five, five and a half, six years to put this roster together. If you think about our new television deal with Showtime, I think that's a great opportunity. You have, you know, the best, it's the best combat deal uh, in sports because you have 22 boxing fights a year. You have 22 MMA fights a year. You know, you get 44 fights of combat sports on Showtime and it's just part of the package. So to me, the new relationship with Showtime has been a game changer for us. And uh, I think that they've done such a great job helping us grow this brand. And when I think about the roster and getting the fighters like AJ McKee or, you know, other fighters that we're developing from ground zero to the point where they can now fight in the big fights here in this company is very important because, you know, we said before, you, you, we, we, you can buy free agents from the top down, which we will and we have, but you also have to build from the ground up. And that's what we've been very successful in doing. Dylan. Hey there, Scott. I was just curious because there had been prior media appearances where you were saying that you're expecting to have an opponent solidified for Fedor Emelianenko and even could coincide with the Bellator 258 show that went down tonight there. Do you have any updates or specifics on the next opponent for Fedor? Yes, unfortunately, we don't have anything to announce uh, today. We're still working through some things on location. It's been a little bit challenging, but he will fight sometime in the fall. Uh, and, um, you know, I think that he'll be here for Moldowski to fight uh, Johnson. So um, hopefully we'll have something to announce uh, at that time. One or two more, Santiago. Hi, Scott. Greetings from Amsterdam and congratulations on a beautiful night of fights. Is a middleweight title fight between champion Gegard Musasi and Joel Romero something you would entertain in the future? And do you think that would be the biggest middleweight title fight of all time in Bellator with two massive stars? I think that would be a fun fight to watch. Uh, I'm not sure if Romero uh, can make to uh, 185 right now, but, um, you know, who knows in the future? Uh, maybe that fight can happen right now. It's not, it's not on the books. We have to, uh, you know, I think Joel has to get a couple of fights, a couple of wins. If he can get a couple of wins, then maybe he can fight Gegard. But uh, as far as, as a fan, yeah, I, I would love to see that fight. That would, be, that would be amazing. Maria? Hi, Scott. Wonderful event this evening. With the performance of both of the fighters in the main event and the fact that the Bantamweight division is just stacked with killers right now, do you anticipate or can you speak to the idea of whether or not you would see Sergio's first title defense being a rematch against Archuleta or would he be more, more than likely competing against one of the other guys in the top of the division? You know, that's something that uh, I'd like to go back and talk to the fight team, which I will. And, uh, you know, and then once we figure out, take a look at um, the opponents and maybe who is going to be ranked number two or three, and then we can circle back. But right now, we're just not ready to make that commitment. You know, I want Sergio to enjoy his win. Personally, a rematch would be great. Fight against Magomed Magomedov would be great too. 
Uh, hog fight with Horiguchi would be great. There's there's going to be a lot of a lot of options for this uh, for Sergio to defend. But um, you know, if you're asking me tonight, it's really uh, uncertain, and uh, we'll have some more clarity maybe in the next week or so.